Coming up on this episode of the Boss Lady Podcast. So smart girl syndrome is taking that arena that makes us successful at business, that makes us successful in every other area of life. But when you apply that to a relationship and it's not working and you work harder and it's not working and you work harder and it's not working and you work harder and you totally miss the fact that the other person isn't doing any of the work. Mm. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As an entrepreneur, mother, wife, and former CEO, I share lessons and stories of both personal and professional successes and failures. Join me along with a diverse list of guests as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your career and your life. Together, we will embrace, empower, and educate each other. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. I know this episode will come out on a Thursday, but I just really feel the need to tell the listeners that we are doing this on a Saturday morning. (laughs) because I totally messed up the Friday that we were supposed to be doing it. And thankfully, Sarah is like me. She will work whenever she needs to work to get it done. So I think she's running around with kids in the background. I have kids, grandkids. I have four grandkids here under the age of six. So hopefully we can get through these few minutes uh, without a lot of interruptions. But if we do, you know what, Sarah, that's life, right? life and that's how it that's goes just how it goes so if a kid knocks on the door or dog barks whatever it doesn't matter right that's the life of working moms and grandmas yeah if I burst spontaneously into song and dance I mean you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely so if you are a new listener welcome If you are a returning listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. I so much appreciate all the people that listen on a continuous basis. And if you are a new listener, I hope you'll like it well enough to subscribe. Look me up on TeresaRandConsulting.com. You can find out all the things that I do. But I don't want to use the time we have today to talk about me. I want to talk about my guest. And her name is Sarah Ramsey. And she is a relationship expert primarily we talk you talk about as I did all my research toxic relationships and I know for one I've had a couple of those and uh, probably could have used an expert before I jumped in with both feet so Sarah welcome we have so much to talk about well I am so glad to be here and kind of my niche in this world right is taking high-performing, successful women who have used a lot of energy and like brain power into trying to make a relationship work. And that's what I call smart girl syndrome. Oh, I like that. Yes. And I see so many, so much language out there on codependency. And so obviously sometimes that's true. But what I see a lot of times is women who are hard workers. Okay. And when you were in high school, Teresa, you had to take math. Right. And you know, when there was a problem in math or it got difficult, you probably thought, okay, well, math isn't going well. I need to work harder. I need to get a tutor. I need to study more. I need to stay after class. And then when you put in that work, the reward mm-hmm. was a 
a better grade or and then you got into college and all right. that kind of stuff. So smart girl syndrome is taking that arena that makes us successful at business, that makes us successful in every other area of life. But when you apply that to a relationship and it's not working and you work harder and it's not working and you work harder and it's not working and you work harder and you totally miss the fact that the other person isn't doing any of the work, hmm. right? That is so, I have literally in my 60 plus years have never thought about it that way. And mm -hmm. it, a bad first marriage, lots of therapy, so on and so forth. Three kids always thinking I could be the one to fix it. If I And I could. I remember telling my therapist, if I did everything like this, he was okay. It was my mm -hmm. job to keep him calm. It was my job because I knew how to do it. I knew how to manage him. Well, when I got tired of managing him, all hell breaks loose, right? But I've And I've often wondered why... Not all the time, but a lot of times it's really smart, accomplished women that just screw up their personal lives. So I love and, that definition. Well, and then the healing strategy is different yeah. too, right? So if that's the real problem, I'm obsessed. My next book is all about finding the right problem to mm, solve. I saw okay? that, because yeah. What I see is people solving the wrong problem. If you're trying to solve the problem of codependency... And the real problem is that, hey, these this has made me successful in passing math. This has made me successful in growing a business. I'm applying, I'm applying that same line of thinking of working harder, never giving up, you know, keep doing the right thing, keep putting the work in, keep putting the time in, work a little harder, read a little more, research yeah. a little more, yeah. think about I mean, all that, right? And then you apply that. It's a different set of rules. Toxic relationships have this different set of rules. And if you don't understand the rules, you keep working yeah. and it doesn't work. And you keep working and it doesn't work. But you can see my clients call me the success fairy, mm -hmm. okay? Because my whole method is about, okay, you were putting all that work into the relationship. What if we put that work into growing dreams, mm -hmm. into growing business, into writing a book, into finally painting, into buying a horse farm, into whatever, whatever right. it is? people want, they start to see changes really rapidly um, and they, they build that confidence really rapidly comparing to years and years of therapy and yeah. dissecting your childhood and all that kind of stuff. And I, I appreciate therapy. There is a place for processing and a place for progressing, mm. but I hate seeing people get stuck in the Absolutely. processing. Absolutely. Yeah, and that happens a lot. I think we can become addicted to therapy in a way. That's a lot of what my next yeah. book's about. Yeah, <laughs> we, because it does feel good, and it it gives us somebody to talk to that's non judgmental. But if we don't take action, it's the same pattern over and over and over. So, define toxic relationship. Is there one definition yeah. for toxic relationship? My personal favorite de um, definition is someone who doesn't know how to take turns. Mm, okay. okay. And I like this definition because, because if you Google, you know, what's a toxic yeah. person, they're going to say, you know, high conflict or victimy or, you know, um, maybe has an addiction. Right. You know, they're going to have a lot of things. And all of those data points, you can kind of start to get in that smart girl syndrome and think, well, 
But if I take him to therapy, we can change it. Or if I take my mom, if I set boundaries with my mom, she'll change, right? And so I really like to use the concept of someone who doesn't know how to Mm. take turns. Because, Teresa, you have grandkids in your house. You mentioned a six-year-old. I guarantee you, you have been talking to that six-year-old about how to take turns for years now. This morning. (laughs) Yep. I I have immediate practice. Right. But okay. So say that person's 60. Yeah. How many years have they been told they should take turns? Yeah. And they haven't figured it out yet or don't want to figure it out. And I think I can make them figure it out and have them and coach them and fix them. Right. Smart. Syndrome, <laughs> smart. Syndrome, yeah. I, I like that example because it really locks in the absurdity. It really of, does. Okay. So they, Hearing this for 54 years, for 54 years, they've heard they should take turns, but you're magically going to say it in a different way to get them to change. Is that what you believe? Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that smart? Yeah. We want to be smart. Smart girls want to be smart. With 54 years of data that says they don't know how to take turns or they're not willing to take turns. How intelligent is it to give it another five years? Yeah, It, it, it seems so simple. That's my passion. Yeah. Uh, that is my passion is to take these concepts. My, I've gotten some criticism on how like funny my mm-hmm. book is, uh, but you can tell my personality yeah, yeah, is bubbly. That's all right. And everything yeah. that I do is, and these are hard topics. I'm yeah, discussing. They are. And they are. They're. It's like, oh, you're addicted to your therapist. Oh, you're. And I'm going to say something really, Teresa. I'm going to say something really just for your yeah. listeners. Okay. Because we talk about codependency, yeah. right? And so if somebody said, I just can't imagine living without my job, they would call them a workaholic. Right. And they would right. say that was If you said, I can't live without my boyfriend. I just can't manage without him. They would call that codependent yeah. and unhealthy. What if you say, I just can't live without my kids? Hmm. You're such You're, a good mom. Yeah, right. The opposite. Right? And it's like. I love my ch- love, 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 love my children. I'm not saying like, let's not right, love our kids. I'm saying it's just really interesting to to find these simple ways to like, what are the rules? Right. What are the rules? Because when you're, when your kid's six, it's cute and easy to say, I can't live without yeah. my kids. If your kid's 36 and has decided not to talk to you for some reason. Yeah. Right. Right. Which I see. One out of three adult children are not speaking to their parents. One out of three. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you know, when I think and, about that, I have friends that, yeah, but that's not so far-fetched when you start thinking about your own sphere of influence. And I want to provide some comfort to that right. to that conversation. Because yeah. if you think, you know, well, I can't, I, it's, it's supposed to be that I can't live without my kids. The option is to be miserable for the next 20 years until you die. Yeah. And I would love to give people another yeah, option. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so you talk, I noticed, I think I read one of your blogs and, or maybe it was a podcast. I, I can't remember because I, I dove into some of your stuff and plan on continuing to do so. But you talk about setting boundaries isn't enough. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? I think I read that okay. in one of your blogs. My- so, babe, this is one of my favorite okay. simple because we hear that all the time. I, I've even said that to people. Uh-huh. You know, you have to set your boundaries. 
So why isn't that enough? Okay, so Teresa, you've got grandkids. Mm -hmm. I am sure they are familiar with the story of the three little pigs. Okay, so one little pig had straw boundaries. One little pig had stick boundaries. And one little pig had brick boundaries. Which one of the pigs turned the big bad wolf into a little nice lap dog? Hmm. None Mm -hmm. of them. Right? And I quite often see people working on their boundaries as yet another way to manage the toxic person's behavior. Right? They go, oh, well, I'll just have boundaries, and then he won't talk to me that way. (laughs) And I just say, you know, and again, I laugh and I giggle. I I quite recognize the crazy heaviness of my topic. Um, But it's like, okay, so how many people do you know that were getting their way for a long time and were getting away with manipulating and getting away with being selfish? And then finally, someone got boundaries and they came up and they told, you can't do that to me anymore. And the person said, okay, figured me out. (laughs) Now that you are a little bit stronger, I'm not so selfish. And again, it's kind of that flip. And I'm I'm passionate about that flip of kind of saying things in a different way that you kind of go, oh, yeah, that probably isn't the best strategy, right? And, And again, I have incredible compassion. I mean, you may be listening to this and have trying to co-parent with someone difficult Mm -hmm. and you've been trying to work on boundaries. And I just said that big bad wolf was never going to change. I am completely compassionate about it. I'm also passionate about giving people strategies that actually work. I absolutely detest seeing women trying something that smart girl syndrome for 10 years. They they put it in, oh, let's make sure the relationship works. And then they get out. And then they try these healing strategies. I'm going to work on my boundaries for 10 years. I'm going to work on standing up for myself. I'm going to work on some of these things. And then what happens? The big bad wolf says, oh, look, you're a big bad wolf too. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Get strong with your boundaries. You're the real big bad wolf here. It doesn't yeah. work. It does not work. So how do you get somebody, if somebody's been in a toxic relationship for, for years, or maybe they have a tendency to always be in a toxic relationship, even if it's with different people, because I've seen people who their relationship with their family is toxic, their relationship with their husband, spouse, or partner is toxic, their relationship with their friends is toxic. How do you disseminate between the problem is really me (laughs) versus the problem is the other person? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I try to take it back from a conversation around self-worth into self-integrity. Okay. There's a lot of conversation out there about self-worth and that's wonderful. It's wonderful to have self-worth, right? Um, And we're really missing the conversation around self-integrity. Okay. Um, And self-integrity is breaking up with that smart girl syndrome. Mm -hmm. Just like Teresa, you were talking about, well, I'm going to work harder and get them to change. One of the most humble moments of my life was when I realized I wasn't God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I am not the master of the universe. And it is not my job to be so selfless that I help everyone else become more selfish. Not, I I do not want what, you know, whatever people believe here when they die, what happens? I do not want to be at my funeral 
and say Sarah left quite the legacy. And this is what they brag about women. Let uh, me start. Well, Let me start yeah. And say this is where she was so selfless. Yeah. She always put other people before herself. And Teresa, if I may, I'll tell you a story about um, a Mother's Day mm-hmm. tournament. I was there was a Mother's Day baseball tournament for my son, and they scheduled the Mother's Day tournament, and it was ten thirty or eleven at night before I was able to leave the ball field the day before Mother's Day. Wow. And I remember saying, you know, I I think something's wrong about this, right? Like, it's supposed to be my, my day. one day. Of- right. Right. And this other mom said, well, I don't need a day. You know, my life is about my son. And, you know, I'm happy to be here. Tomorrow is just going to be about him like any other day. And I said, well, I sure hope my daughter doesn't marry your son. <laughs> Amen to that. Right? Because you are teaching your child that being a mother doesn't matter. You and your child. And again, again, it's these weird flips that I say all the time. I'm not trying to shame. No, of course not. Yeah. I'm talking countercultural right now, you know, but when it gets to the end of my life and it was like, man, Sarah did such a good job about making sure no one else learned their life lessons. Mm -hmm. She would be like water and she would bend herself a thousand different ways. So no one else was uncomfortable or had to face their own reality or solve their own problems. She just took care of it all. And in fact, all the people in Sarah's life are, have grown less than they could mm. have. They have not reached their full potential. In fact, they've not reached their full maturity because Sarah thought she was, Sarah did such a good job of managing right. them that they didn't have to grow up. Like, please, please let that not yeah. be my legacy. Yeah, please absolutely. My kids are grown right? and, and they still tease me because always for Mother's Day when they, Mom, what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want us to do? I was like, I want your father to take you. <laughs> That's what I want for Mother's Day. And they're like, what? And they tease me now, but my oldest daughter, who's a mother, gets it. She's like, no, that's my day. You know, I want to celebrate me. But you're right. So often it's all about, even on our day, we do what everybody else thinks we should do. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you find that certain, I mean, we talked about the smart girl syndrome, which is the whole nugget here to me in this conversation, but is there a pattern of getting into toxic relationships? Definitely. You want to hit the reset Mm -hmm. button. You know, if you've been in one toxic relationship, you want to regulate your nervous system before you get into another. But even in my book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, I call it a toxic person encounter because it's so easy to say, oh, this romantic toxic relationship is somehow worse than the people who were tricked Mm -hmm. by Bernie Madoff, Bill Cosby, Hitler. I mean, uh, all these dictators throughout history, you know, I mean, when we think about toxic people as being con artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And take it out of this. That's just what I hate. I mean, a lot of the language around romantic toxic relationships, it's just this other set of rules of like, you don't have self-worth, you're broken. It's like, well, okay, so the people who missed Bill Cosby raping yeah. endless women, was it a self-worth issue? Yeah, not. That's yeah. crazy town, Yeah, right? And no wonder healing's lasting forever. No wonder people say, oh, your scars will last forever. Or you need 10 years of therapy. You're not even solving the right problem. Yeah. 
right? Self-integrity is about, whoa, Bill Cosby, I feel like something's going off and I'm going to, I'm going to see it. it. Yeah. And I'm going to take action on it. Or I'm on a date and it's like, whoa, something's off. I'm going to see it. I'm going to have the self-integrity not to ignore it. Or, whoa, my sisters said something ugly to me. I'm going to have whatever right. relationship yeah. it is, you know. Um, but I hate when people put romantic relationships and a lot of coaches and therapists do this the worst. And they put it into this one category of like these broken, stupid women yeah. putting up with this crap i won't say right. the s word this crap from these guys they need to work on their self-worth they need to work on their confidence well i feel like they need to work on smart girl yeah. syndrome yeah <laughs> right? which is much easier to overcome it's much easier to overcome because it's a wonderful trait we just like just like you talk to a three-year-old different than you would talk to mm-hmm. a 33 year old right it's the rules of communication so smart girl syndrome is wonderful If you're building a business, we just want to think about just like the rules of communication. Where is this appropriate to use? Where is this not appropriate to use? Yeah. What about toxic work relationships? Uh Whether it's a toxic relationship with someone a peer or Mm -hmm. someone that reports to you or someone Mm -hmm. you report to. I know you always have the choice to leave, but that's not always, you know, that doesn't happen overnight if you're, you know, you need your salary and you're raising a family. But specifically, I see clients put up with toxic employees for Mm -hmm. longer than they should. It's almost like a toxic boss, they'll make the choice to leave, but they'll put Mm -hmm. up with a toxic, and particularly women, with a toxic employee long, long longer than they should. So my next book is called Problem Solved, Simple Habits for Complex Decisions. And it is all these little flips in language that get people out of complaining and into Mm solution-based thinking. Okay. So a lot of those toxic employees, when you're the supervisor, Right. right? There's someone and that they, I call it spaghetti thinking and they, well, I can't do this because of this. And well, you know, Johnny over here, the real problem is that Johnny over here didn't do this and I can't work on the budget, right? It's called this spaghetti thinking. And some employees, I mean, Teresa, I don't know if you've had a class on decision Mm -hmm. making. I've never met anybody who's had, it's like, how do you make a decision? Right. And it's like, people go, oh, oh, you know, so if. The entire world makes 35,000 decisions a day, and none of us have had any training on how to make a decision, nor many of us have had little training on how to translate confusion, Mm, right, and confused thinking. Some of those employees are redeemable, right? Mm. I I want to say some of them really just do not have the the training as none of us had, you know, the training in um, problem solving and solution-based thinking and how to get out of complaining and into Mm -hmm. solutions, right? Which I think uh, there's a, another counter-cultural thing I'm going to say is I talk to a lot of people and they're like, yeah, being a good leader is a good listener. And I disagree Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. Being a good leader is helping people unravel their thoughts to solve their Mm -hmm. problems. It's helping them have better life. It's helping them to become the best version of themselves. It's not just, gosh, that's tough. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, man, that's not fair at all. Then the person has the same problems a year right. later. That's leadership. 
Right. Now you have to listen to be able to unravel. Right. right. right? But it's 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 the next level. And the other person, you know, and I think this applies to whatever toxic relationship you may be in. I and I I'm thinking about a particular client who is incredibly bright, has a toxic employee, and wants to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm going to use this smart girl syndrome on her. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's had a, an amazing career, but this mm-hmm. one employee, mm-hmm. you think she can fix? And I don't think she's fixable. So as much as we want to lead and help someone, at mm-hmm. some point we have to decide when to cut fish and cut bait, as they say in the south. Yes, <laughs> I will. And I agree completely. <laughs> I'll say two things on that. One, the whole point of the simple habits for complex decisions is because one of the biggest problems I see is people take too long to make those decisions. Mm, Amen. They don't have a strategy. And I am so, I have personally, I have a friend who got divorced after a year and a half. And I'm not, despite my work, I'm not like, yay, divorce. I'm not that. Right. And I am so proud of her that she recognized that. She made the wrong decision and then got out yeah. quickly. So few so people few do, do yeah. that and pull the trigger. And I told her, I said, she goes, you know, what's your advice? And I was like, well, the pattern I see, I said, I like to talk in patterns, not just opinions, right? right? I want to talk in patterns. And the pattern I see is that most people, especially women, think, oh, I wish I'd made the decision sooner. Right. I wish oh, I'd cut always. Yeah. I wish I'd have quit work sooner. I wish I'd have changed jobs sooner. I wish I'd have, oh my gosh, yeah, so much. Which is what this book is about, right? Because, which your listeners, if you've been in a toxic relationship and put up with things for too long, you can see the the easy correlation between now my next book is, how do I make faster decisions? right, right. (laughs) How do I unravel my own thinking and get out of that smart girl syndrome and confusion to make faster decisions? And as a leader, as your employee, if she's a intuitive decision maker, she probably doesn't know how to teach someone else who isn't. Mm, yeah, good, good point. Decisions, yeah. Right? If the, some of the best and brightest who are just good yeah. at it, they're certainly not, they're all their employees are not yeah. good at it. Well, if you're good at it, you better figure out how to talk to people who aren't right. good at it. In my book, it's like influencing others and influencing yourself. So each concept at the end of each chapter, it's like, here's how to apply this as an right. employer or parent or whoever, mainly employer, but, you know, um, parents too. I have a huge passion on helping mm. our kids become yeah, better decision great. makers. And a lot of it is just really <laughs> unraveling, complaining, and getting people into solution-based thinking. And if you develop a culture as a business, we are solution-based thinkers. What problem are you trying to solve? Is this my problem to solve or someone else's mm-hmm. problem to solve? Is this a spaghetti problem, which is all, all the over. dump, dump, right. dump, dump? How can we waffle? Waffles have boundaries, right? How can we waffle this problem down to create micro problems? And I want our conversations to be around action plans, not what I call problem stacking. Yeah. But what about this? But what about this? But which, you know, when you describe a toxic employee, oftentimes that's, we're talking about problem Mm -hmm. stackers. 
problem finders. They, they can't find the solution because they keep finding another problem. Um, and they have what I call butt mouth. Uh, yep. But what? if you had given me this, but what? if I had enough time to prepare, but. <laughs> yep. So I, I don't believe we can change people. Mm. Every bit of work, yeah. and I use the example of trying to find people right. taking turns in a four-year-old. I don't believe we can change people. And at the same time, I also believe we have not been taught a language for helping people unravel yeah. their problems. Yeah. And so some of us are dealing with employees and cultures that if we started to develop that language, is this my problem to solve or your problem mm. to solve? Who's pro- Who owns this problem? Yeah. Or is it a shared problem, right? Even tiny, that would solve codependency. Yeah, that would solve shared. codependency, right? I mean, whatever it is, when you kind of start to develop another language around it, you start to really see who's toxic. Mm. I mean, some people are confused and some people are toxic. And I don't believe the toxic people, they were always going to find an excuse not to come up with a solution. Yeah. But some of your employees are just confused. They didn't They didn't have a class on this yeah, either. true. Well, that's with with my work, you know, people, they call me the success fairy because it's like, okay, so people come to you over a divorce, over a toxic, and I'm going to use the word abusive because mm-hmm. yeah. that's really is really happening here. So people come to you with an abusive relationship and then they leave with a raise. Like, what's happening? I was like, oh, I teach them this problem solving yeah. method. <laughs> Works in like, every aspect of life once you get it, correct? works in works every fun. aspect of life. Well, I could talk to you forever and we may have to do that again because I believe if I read correctly, your book's coming out September, September. of this year, yeah. right? So here I am the, oh, my husband said, are you okay? I was like, I don't know. I know. I, I, know. I just started <laughs> writing a book and I'm still struggling with, oh, what do I say? What? I, and I, I'm, and I told a friend of mine who's written a book and she's uh, helping me through this process. I said, I didn't realize how emotional it's going to be to put down, even it, though it's a business book, it's my experience and my right. learnings through the year, my knowledge through the years of, you know, 30 years in corporate America. And, but it's emotional to start and think back, well, how did I learn this lesson? And then I go back and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's taking a lot emotional toll on me to to get it done. But it's, it's a great process. Whether it ever becomes a book or not, it's a great process. Um, but I would love to have you back on. And uh, I do a women's conference every year. And if you are to all the listeners right now, many already know it's coming up this year in September 16th through the ah. 18th. It's called a Women's Leadership Conference. And this is our second year. We have it here in Daytona Beach, which is where I live. And we have some great keynote speakers. Our speaker this year uh, is just as uh, bubbly and energetic as you are. Her name is Becca Powers, and she wrote a book. I believe it's been out a year and a half now, and she's working on her second. But her book is called Harness Your Inner CEO, and Aww. it's all about harnessing your own power within and how that mm-hmm. impacts. One of the best business books I read last year. And I had her on the podcast. 
we became fast friends. She lives in South Florida, but she came up here. We had lunch. So the entire conference is around her book. So uh, if you are listening, it you just go to TeresaRanConsulting.com. You click on the Boss Lady link, and it'll take you right to the conference information. But I might see Sarah in our future at, <laughs> at a conference because I think this smart girl syndrome is something that more and more women need to to hear about. And I applaud you for the work you're doing. It's wonderful when you apply. It's like taking the right medicine, mm. right? We don't want to take antibiotics if we have a virus. Right. And it's like the smart girl syndrome is so wonderful when applied to the right yeah. things and so dangerous when applied to the wrong yeah. things. And I'm just so passionate. Thank you, Teresa, yeah, for having me on. Absolutely. I'm just passionate about the way it can change people's lives. It's this little light bulb. It's like, oh, if it's not working, stop doing right. it. <laughs> it just seems much simpler when somebody else says it. So yes. as we're closing, Sarah, uh, what's the name of your first book? The name of my first book is Becoming Perfect. Toxic Person Proof, Clear the Confusion, and learn to trust yourself. And then that's the real, I want to point out that subtitle because that's where the link into my second book and, and all that work. I'm just so passionate about unraveling spaghetti thinking, yeah. turning on those light bulbs and go, oh, it was so much easier than, than I was I making it. That's yeah. my passion for making life easier yeah. than it, you know, than it currently is. So thank you so much for being on. I think this is going to be a great episode. I know it is. It's been a joy talking to you. Thank you again for your patience through my screw up yesterday. But, you know, I believe all things happen when they're supposed to. So uh, we said something today that maybe we wouldn't have thought of yesterday, right? <laughs> and taking turns, exactly. right? Exactly. That's right. So uh, yeah. enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thank you. And I look forward to our paths crossing again. Thank you, Teresa. Right. And as I always say, every every episode, I always end with one of my grandfather's sayings that he always told us when he was alive, and that was stop and take time to smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care. <laughs>